Um, All right, so what are we going to talk about today? We're going to talk about our weight loss challenge. Exciting news. So excited. (laughs) Okay, what else? Um, We're going to talk about our comments that we received on our last... Yeah, the failing of salons and the failing of uh, growth in the industry. industry. And what's failing and what are we doing... What can we do? Hey, you know, the last one, the last video we had on there got taken down because we talked about Congress and how Congress was treating salons and how they uh, have unfairly taxed salons. They took the video down. Facebook took it down. because Thank they, you. Thank thanks, you. Facebook. Way, way to go. Zuck. Thank okay, you. what else? Um, we're going to talk about Tesla. Did we do that? About the burning Tesla. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. impossible. I have a Tesla. You can't do a car. You can't drive a car like that. Yeah, we'll talk about that. Uh, we're going to talk about Pascal and how everybody is been amazing and how um, our March numbers and where we're at wrap up the sales for us and our company and talk about collaborating and how we've just been experimenting with some new ways to get inspired creativity flowing in the in the business Uh, lululemon I'll be talking about him for a while but the CEO of lululemon and and his His book and founding principles super interesting guy stay tuned you don't want to miss it oh my gosh there's so much so please stay Um, are you ready? Ready? I know you've been ready. You've been waiting for a while. That's <laughs> so okay. Thanks for lunch. So welcome back. And this has been a little bit of a hiatus, a couple weeks two off. Weeks. Two weeks, right? Um, and we have some things to clean up because we had a deadline. That uh, <laughs> Probably <laughs> why we didn't do this for two weeks. <laughs> Not that things have gotten any better. They probably got worse. So we'll talk about that. And a lot of other stuff, um, but I guess we could start with that segment because that's the f- the fail. That's oh, why we haven't seen it. Start. I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's why we haven't talk about anything. <laughs> Just go silent about it. Just be quiet. Because yeah, started off like gangbusters. Boy, that was awesome. Started off so great, like eating clean, working out a lot, doing great, and then and then just and then it just was it Easter. Yeah, I blame it on Easter. When I got lobster and steaks, yeah, downhill. But okay, so we're talking about our um, challenge. Just for anybody that doesn't know, we had a challenge. Um, yeah, there's people that are waiting to find out the results. They keep asking. <laughs> I saw two people anyway. <laughs> I saw an <laughs> audit, and like the first thing she said to me is, "What what's going on with the challenge?" I was like, "Oh man, you're <laughs> you're really into that challenge one yeah. more than I am." <laughs> Tracy, Michelle, and Audrey, the three of them have said, because they're waiting to see who gets to stand on Immokalee Road. Well, you know what was so funny is that I was scrolling on Amazon, and uh, in my recommended items was a bald cap. I was like, mm. thank you. Talked about it. Amazon. It was. Thank you. Thank so, you. Uh, so n- as to end on the ending date, so I started off good, and I think I ended up losing f- first, whatever, four or five pounds the first week. And then, and then it went back up. So the net loss over that whole time period was two pounds. Wow, <laughs> that's a big fail. <laughs> As I gain more again. So um, I don't know if you want to talk about yours or if you even know yours, but I know you weren't allowed to say pounds because it was against your religion. I think, right? Yeah, we don't talk about <laughs> that. That doesn't exist in my world. Um, I I did initially lose, and then. I gained it pretty much all back. So I, I think you I actually d- measured. Did you measure? Yeah, I did yeah. from the beginning. But I think I lost. Okay. Well, uh, should we 
should we try it again? Yeah, double or nothing. How about that? Yeah, I'm good with that. Um, and I guess they'll know that uh, we're failing if there's no more episodes. To <laughs> okay. We'll just avoid each other forever. Yeah. <laughs> no. All right, so so we'll start again. Okay. Um, and we'll do our progress each week. And how many weeks? And uh, same thing. We're going to do percentage of body weight, right? Yes. How many weeks you want to do? Today's April 19. It's Monday. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. Um, four or five? Or is that not? Uh, what do you that's fine. Just do, uh, let's puts us at April. Just not on my birthday. Oh. Oh, you want it finished before your birthday, right? Yeah. Gotcha. Makes sense. Okay. Today's the 19th, and we're going to go to 26, 1. Two, three, four, twenty-fourth. So it ends on the twenty-fourth. Perfect. Okay. How, hey, what's Tesla doing today? Not that I'm buying Tesla, but what is it doing? What? Down thirty today. Okay, that's that accident. I knew the accident would do something, and that was crazy. That accident that happened on Tesla. Did you see that? So they're trying to bash Tesla. They're bashing Tesla right now because they're saying that these, you know, tragic accident. Two people died that they lost their life because uh, the car was on autopilot and they were both in the back seat. It's, but the thing is, it's impossible for them to, the car to be on autopilot and for them to be in the back seat. So that's what they're reporting, and everybody's freaking out about it. The car won't drive. Wow. The car won't drive. Um, I didn't even hear about that. With, as soon as you unbuckle your seatbelt, it, it automatically slows down and stops. So, so even if they tricked it, they buckled the seatbelt that way, you still have to have your hands on the wheel. Right. It's going to nag you. So whatever they're saying, it just, it, that, that can't be real. Like they don't have the facts. No. I, I wanted to see if te Tesla stock went down after the accident because I knew people would overreact because they don't have the facts. Okay, maybe the, pe the people died. I mean, the battery blew up and it burned. For, they had to get 30,000 gallons of water to wow. put out the battery. But, you know, cars burn too. They have gas. Right. A, 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 a gas right. combustion cars burn too, but... All right, so did you were you just looking that up? Did you look at the comment comments from the last oh, video that we put out that we had a conversation about I had, what? I had multiple comments that I was thinking. Salons are declining. The number of salons, employee-based salons are declining, and people are leaving salons, and there's not this desire to work and mentor under salon leadership. So this is like a failure in leadership or a failure in the, the, the model of salons, and then it created a lot of... Um, Conversation I didn't know about in the in that in that space anyway because there's really a separation now. There's a there's a corporate owned salon, multi-chain salon like the Regis type salons, uh, hair cuttery. Uh, what are some other uh, the big chain supercuts? Uh, those chain types that offer uh, the faster services, not the lower scale, the lower end, but they're chains. And those that was some of the immediate comments. Well, and, and that's that. what people were saying in the comments was like how who what you're going to go to school and then the way their commission is low they don't you know they're just these students that don't have a lot of education um why would they want to do that like don't do have a lot of education don't have a lot of education in this field correct in the cosmetology correct, field, correct. Right? They're, they're just new and then they're being thrown into that why would they why would that appeal to them you know so uh, we as salon owners have to what did they say though what did they what were the what were their comments about that uh, like the one in uh, Minnesota, 
Uh, there's not enough students entering school. Um, vacations. There's not. Oh, here, the one from Tamara. As a former manager for corporate salons, the reason stylists leave is that they aren't making any money. These companies put forth no real value in continuing education. They specialize only with certain brands and provide mostly impractical techniques on your regular clients. The commission rates are shocking, shockingly, shockingly low, and the quotas for sales are insanely high. Why does someone want to do a $20, $20 haircut in a turn and burn salon to make only 43% commission? What's 43% of $20? So whatever that is while you do that. Why... Why is there so much pressure to sell product? Some of these clients don't need the products for sale because they aren't found in the salon. Yet the pressure is to sell, as pressure to sell is stressed daily. As someone who used to be excited in growing a new stylist or re-inspiring seasoned stylists, I left those corporate salons because it was all about the machine and not about the people. You cannot leave people behind. If they're going to invest in themselves and grow, why not keep all the money and work with more tools at their disposal? We need to reinvent the wheel and stop pushing corporate salons as they're the only way to learn and grow. So what's that amount? What's 43% of? Uh, $9. $9. So, and that's a half hour. So that would still be, if they're doing two of those an hour, still be $18 an hour plus tip. Yeah, but who's saying they they can do it that fast? I mean, that's what they want to teach. That's what they... Oh, they're probably not doing that 30 minutes, of course, right? No, they, w right. they want you to do it. That's like the end goal, right. I think. Uh, they're like, come on, come on, turn and burn. But... Um, yeah, there's no way they're doing that. Yeah, right. not right, right out of school. Mm. I mean, you're, you're... Yeah, and that's the only way they're going to make money there is if they really turn and burn. They really right. have to really... Right, if right. not, you're... <laughs> what's the point, you know? But that's that. why I mean I think I think even for like um, some that's why associates in the younger at least with the summit salons you got to give it to them at least I see more younger brighter faces um, because at least there's mentoring and structure uh, even if it, it you know nothing's perfect I think it gives a great framework framework for salon owners especially when most of them have a great background and are great creatively, they're exceptional stylists who then open a salon who don't have the business tools. So I think, you know, having a summit structure is fantastic or a strategies. And I know there's a lot of other companies out there that have some sort of structure that they give to people. I think that backbone or basics of it is, is really good. The, um, and we did it. We did it too. We had our version of it too. And it, it gave us a lot of things that have helped us to get to where we are. Um, and, and where I didn't utilize it correctly was I made it too much of a formula and didn't recognize the individuals that people have different strengths, uh, that might not fit into the systems exactly that way. Uh, if you're only well, looking at strictly numbers. And, and that's what I was saying, um, before when we had, we read a comment in one of the groups and it was like, uh, in what is, why are your stylist not jumping to the next level and a stylist chimed in and said well maybe maybe it's not us you know because everybody all of a sudden was like oh they're not pre-booking they're not doing this like immediately getting on them they're not selling retail they're you know but as a younger generation I want to do what feels genuine to me um, and I, I think a lot of my peers want to do that as well so um, having compassion and empathy I think is kind of what that gentleman's comment was about like we're all human and we want to do what provides us 
passion and love and not all, it's not always all about money you know as as we've seen it's it's not so what would that be in terms of practical real world stuff with a stylist so if a stylist is um or in your case you if there's sell more sell more sell more um what would empathy be like um you know how would that you know mapping it onto our team or our group um well i i know for me as a leader um as i've grown and evolved even where i am and the people i'm leading and such um i originally would get like so frustrated with them when they wouldn't do what i wanted them to do you know and that is not the way to get people enrolled in I want to be there for them, you know, and um, that's going to make others respond better to me because I'm there empath empathizing. Everybody has something we're going through, you know, um, and just being that person. And then I feel like the rest kind of follows when you're in a safe place. You know what I mean? Emotionally, mentally, it's um healthy environment uh, where you can just be yourself. And I think that's where I see a lot of those students flourish you know so each person's different and if somebody's lacking confidence or somebody's lacking technical skills it's like getting underneath where are they in the growth process because it takes three or four years for somebody to get fully established to go through all the spaces they need to go through confidence wise and technical technical skills wise and uh, relationship wise and how to communicate effectively and um, it takes time to do that so but and only coaching from numbers but numbers do tell a story so numbers is a way to get to accesses to what has happened just like if you look at retention well if retention is you know how many people are you making happy that want to come back that's a key measure or key metric are people happy are they coming back um that's a measure that has to be looked at so if they're not are you coaching from that um and, and what's missing in that, you know, asking people, well, why didn't you go back or why aren't you going back? But to um, to individualize and I, I'm, we're not using that system right now, so I don't have any real world examples. I know when we did it, that it was strictly about I turned it into the coaching that I made He's it be about, about the summit system, the summit system that that. Um, we had it be was numbers, 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 numbers. And it did move the numbers, but it became about the numbers and it less about the Humanity. guest in the chair, the person in the chair making them happy. Um, and it's really, if if someone's going to get for products, for example, because she mentioned products, oh, they're, they're always talking about selling products, sell products, sell, 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 sell. And that was that's a key part in um in the summit system is, is product product per guest or dollar and per guest. And that's what I mean, where if you're genuinely happy in what you're doing and you this is your love, your passion in life, um, you're going to want to tell people about product rather than make it about sell, 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 sell. Um, you're doing that because you care about your guest and you it's, it's genuine. It's not about the dollar signs. You want their color to last longer you want their hair to look better at home you it just it's like a cycle well that's where it ha that's where the authenticity that's where the reality comes in of oh yeah there i i want the end result i want you to be happy i want you to come back i know that if you use this product which i know a lot about on your hair when you get hair color it's going to have your color last longer you're going to look better longer 
that's the conversation versus versus just selling selling for no like what's the reason like we've we have some products that we that don't fulfill every guest need we don't have products we're missing products that we have to recommend that people go somewhere else to get a product so you know selling them something that they don't need or isn't going to help them is not going to do anything if they love what you do and they trust you they have to buy shampoo and conditioner anyway our thing is like listen if you're already buying it and it's for if this is for fine hair we know it works well if you love us support us here's our shampoo you can buy any shampoo you want but here's ours we're going to tell you about it well, so that's and, giving them that and option what i noticed on the other end of it like i went and i got a facial a couple weeks ago and i w- was ready for her to tell me what can i do at home because i want my skin to look good at home like i want your opinion you know you just spent an hour with me um tell me what she didn't say a word and I kind of felt like I was um like okay like thanks like well of course people are hungry for that they they want to know I mean they're coming to an expert and coming to a a, any high-end salon you want to know well how do I care for my what do I do what's my routine how you know and and people genuinely genuinely want to know about what the best ways how do I take care of my hair at home how often should I come back um what what should I use what's the best one what 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 I would notice for myself is saying what it, they're using to wash your hair. You know, when you are washing your hair, just so it, it's like you're you're giving the guest uh, information about every step that you're doing. You know, because you want to be informed. Uh, that's how I felt when I got a facial. I wanted to know what are you doing. Tell me what you're doing. Tell me what you're using. And I mean, not you. You kind of have to feel out every situation, obviously. But um, that's a part of our industry and well we found that out many years ago we we asked people what do you want in your visit and that that is one of the things they, they want to be educated on on how to how to take care of their hair how to do their hair they're coming to a professional so it's not in that case it's just not about the sale you know i'm reading a book um about the founder and ceo of lululemon and uh it's a fascinating book because it goes through the whole story i mean the guy created a whole space whether you like lululemon or not it's an expensive athleisure line that lasts a long time but he created a whole space because women now have that as a they wear that not only at the gym or at yoga but they wear it every created a big company broke the broke the model up of the retail market he broke up because typically retail always had this middle person so the buyers bought from the people in the middle and then they had stores that um that sold that man it didn't go directly from manufacturer to store there was people in the middle well this was the first model where they had their own manufacturing and their own stores together. So it kind of broke up that whole industry and made a big impact on that. But also in his sales aspect of it, when he hired people, he's talking about how he wanted people to be educated, educators versus salespeople. So in the stores, that was how they were training them is to educate them on the different fabrics, the different shapes, the different sizes and the things that they sold. And that's what their role was. They weren't measured on their sales. They were measured on... I think they had a formula, actually, where if somebody looked at a product for six seconds or longer, once it hit that six-second mark, that you would offer some education about that particular product and then you know, move on to the next or wait till they hit something else for six more seconds, but educating and teaching people. And that's part of that process, too, and that's one of the things that... Um, you know, we have a process for that for people to educate people and six steps of service to, to give them that. And we're, we kind of ended down this avenue only because... She mentioned, well, why they pushed us to sell products? Well, we got into the pushing end of it, into like, you know, when we were doing Summit, uh, using that, and it's not Summit's 
it wasn't summit at all. It was our own, my own interpretation of it that way because I got many, many great things from it. But um, yeah, but, it, but only about numbers. It's just only about num- right. having it only be about numbers. You know, we have somebody who is in our program who's been here for 17 years now. Uh, her name is Maria, and she's a shampoo person. If you know us or have been around us a little while, you'll know who Maria is because Maria. she trains everybody and is amazing. But she has a unique gift and skill as a, you know, I hate to call her a shampoo person, but literally she's a healer at the I shampoo bar. She does amazing things with people. The sh- she, you know, she's a background in massage. She didn't come here to be a stylist. She is here to simply and it's not simple at all. What she does and is amazing things. She? These people request. I have no idea. She's I ageless. Say she's in her 60s. I but don't know. She but you just would never like guess. And she's just the kindest, most amazing soul. She doesn't fit in any formula. She doesn't fit inside of, oh, well, we have to train them to do this and train them to do that and teach them, you know, the different levels. Of, but, but she fulfills something that's really special. And people really need her at times. They don't just need a stylist who's, who's, who's aspiring to be who's an associate, who's aspiring to be the, uh, a stylist and in training. Her role is what it is. But that's unique. That didn't fit anywhere else inside of a formula. She's someone special. We have, we have associates who come into our program and really are ready within six months of being in the associate program to be on the floor. And then we have some that require more, maybe two years before they hit that confidence mark. So there's, there's never any one-size-fits-all and you know, kind of being in tune. <coughs> to what each individual person needs, what their needs are. And I, you know, that was sort of just kind of looking back on the commentary that came in because a lot of it really, that's the industry right now is you have the corporate chain salons and then you have independent salons, smaller chains that are the remaining um, employee-based salons because there just aren't, there aren't a lot of them. There aren't and, many. And Everything that's what of, somebody right formats. after her um, that's what somebody right after her was saying or even reading these comments. I mean, people are like, I seriously quit 32 years ago, um, you know, so on and so on. Um, where was the one that I was looking for? Um, well, Jamie. Yeah. Jimmy Lynn, the one, one woman while you're doing that, she had, had said that she'd um, personally seeing a huge shift in a legally run format of Commission 1099. I've been fired from two salons because I informed them that this is illegal to do. So I was, ne- I was never rude or attacked the owners. I just professionally and calmly let them know it's illegal to pay commission and then issue a 1099. It's so frustrating. I can't find a legally run shop that doesn't make you feel... Uh, like a workhorse and then threaten your job if you don't sell product to a certain amount of customers a day. They are ripping the passion from me and I've been doing hair for 17 years. So so that's the whole thing that's happening to salons where they're going to 1099 or they're calling it 1099. They're calling it booth rental. Really, they're not. They're giving, paying them commission, but they're giving them a 1099, which is... Oh, that's what I was... To, to weigh, you, you can't structure it that way. Like it's, uh, according to the IRS, that's illegal uh, that's f- from a federal standpoint now as some states have it differently as well what wh- how they do that but there's certain restrictions that there are on people on what you can say well you one of the ones we were reading was talking about whether people you can how do i get my booth renters to clean you can't uh, you're literally literally renting them it's like renting somebody a house and saying keep it clean uh th- it's 
the you can't i mean when they move out you can find them for not having it clean and for having problems with it but if you rent them that space you can't tell them well you have to and i'm sure there are people out there who say oh yeah you can write it up in the contract that they have to do certain things and do it a certain way and and there's a very fine line in the irs code that requires people to um to be it requires the business to not put any mandates on a person who's a 1099 or somebody who they're subcontracting to because they're essentially not they're they are not essentially they're they are not period they are not an employee so you can't like get, tell them what to do and how to do it that's the difference between the two did you find it um no but there was something else i did want i did find that i wanted to comment on um so so uh, Tamara also said, it also pains me to see the excuse they are millennials when the machine isn't serving them. These corporate salons bleed them out of their energy and commission to placate them and make them lazy. They restrict hours and availability with their booking systems to force them into lower commission brackets, provide them with unreliable color lines, and wonder why people are burnt out and want to sit in the back room. That isn't lazy. That's them showing they are able to feed the CEO and not themselves. Stop making excuses for poor treatment of young stylists and feeding people. This is one side, one side view of the industry. Um, and then she goes on to say, you know, how it, we need to adapt and change. But and and that is so true. If you look at numbers of young students who enter cosmetology school, even the numbers to see those that complete it first of all, and then the number of actual students that finish cosmetology that continue doing hair, like, isn't it something ridiculously? I I, less than 20% are still in the industry five years later. Well, and that's kind of, you know, and we have millennials, we have Gen Z. Like, so what are we doing to continue our industry going? Like, this is, this it's an issue. It's a problem. Um, what are we doing as mentors, um, to change and adapt uh, to because it's not a bash on corporate salons either because I, yeah, I don't know that whole world this was kind of uh, eye-opening to me to hear these this comments about this is just just represents a few because I think they have a niche there too I think there's definitely a niche for those for salons sure, and I think sure. they do their part um, this conversation started with well like you said how do we adapt to the workforce that's there right now and you know empathy kindness uh, understanding what it is that they want you know people i mean if you look back even just i think to the 20s or 30s 1920s 1930s the average work week was 75 or 80 hours uh, wow. and now it's it's 32 is 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 that's the what people want and what people are requesting and what is comfortable, what works for people is to have 32 hour shifts or four, you know, four days or whatever that was, four days of eight hours or three of, of some combination of that. So it's shifted from that. And if somebody wants that and they work best under that, especially in this industry, well, want to adapt to that rather than saying, well, everybody needs to conform to this one way. It's the only well, way. That's just an and, example. And th this is something we talked about, uh, I think last week or the week before we were doing like a zoom call, um, and a woman on a different group was asking, um, all of my staff keep requesting a Saturday off. Um, what do I do? And people were like, absolutely not. No, they need to work Saturdays. No, or they can submit a request form and 
blah, 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 whatever. But Six months in advance, right? Yeah, so there's one woman said six months in advance. Like, what if, what if people have children? Like, you know, we have, they, we have lives. And um, what I've learned in with my g- group of stylists in, in our salon is that um, once you have that rotation, I- if that person now wants Saturday off, that's when you know you need to have somebody else that's willing to work Saturday. That's why constantly growing new stylist is so important because somebody will be there when that person doesn't want to be there. You know, there, you have to continue to grow your team. Um, and if that's what that person wants and there's coverage and, uh, then that's okay. You know, it's okay. So rather than being angry. Well, you know, and all, some people can do that without, some people can have that type of requirement. Some people can have that. They have that rapport with their stylist and their team that they can create the, the system that's like that. And they're all willing and work, well in that environment but you've created that relationship with them you've created that rapport and you can make that work that's great those of you that are in there saying i can't get people to do it uh you're gonna have to look at another way because obviously you don't have that you don't have that relationship with them that to say listen we need to have you know one of the solutions was listen we need to make so much a day i think we, we talked about it oh yeah here. that, that was like we need to have so much on the book or we're going to close if right. we don't have that many people available then we're going to do it that way but that was leaving some of the choice with them too so well, Where's the industry adapting? Th- that that's what I also you know, and I'm constant. We're always learning, um, and so every day is like a learning day in this. Indi- I mean, in life in general. Um, but what I what I like what what I like is when s- a stylist is able to look at their book and see, like, okay, they can decide themselves. Like, okay, we have ample coverage. You know what I mean? Like, they can figure it out themselves if they can have a day off without having to submit a, you know, just a bunch more mumbo jumbo. That's when you have a mature team that you've educated or trained to that degree. I mean, that takes some training. It takes time. I mean, that, that's not only going to be, well, somebody starts there. I'm not knocking anybody that. No, no. I, but you've, we've taken the time to teach people that so that it's not, oh, I need to submit a form and you're the bad person. The manager's the jerk because they're not giving me the time off. Well, you know, if it's planned, if it's taken care of, if the, you know, the business has a responsibility too. They got to pay the bills. They've 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 set themselves up. They've got health insurance expenses. They've got taxes. Um, they've got electric. They've got you know rent. all these other uh, huge rent expense. A lot of expenses. Color. Um, and and now unemployment rate just went up. So we just got hit with a, a another uh, extra charge because the rates went up, and we're gonna have to pay that. Even though we had no one on unemployment throughout this whole process, nobody has collected. Uh, from from our business, our unemployment rate went up, and we had no unemployment cl- claims. But that's one more area that you know b- businesses have to be responsible for. So, in however that gets managed, but our goal is to increase the success rate of the industry, not just our salons, but all salons. Just increase the level of um, love and care and um, successful stylists. Well, to, to win it, I mean, because everybody wins in that. It's not even just if the the customer's experience grows and gets better. If all the salons are better, it, it, it helps. It, it's everyone along the way. And just like, you know, I don't know if you watched that video or not, but uh, there, there's a video from the 1954, which is a video about, uh, com- it's about capitalism versus communism. It, it's not directly about that. It's sort of a propaganda video just showing why capitalism does better than communism 
without directly saying that. It was put up by the government. And I'll, I'm going to put a link to it here because it was really interesting just to see the mindset back then anyway of how they were referring to the differences between the two. But the point of it was a guy didn't like his job. He did not like what he was doing. And he was yelling at his boss in this little cartoon. And he ends up quitting. And he figures out, well, I could just go up in my own company. I could do whatever I want. I could he figured he hears these two women talking about hats and he says, I can make hats. And he goes and he makes hats and uh, he's doing okay for himself, you know, and they show all the things that he has to pay, all the taxes and labor and the people who invest in him and um, the expenses along the way. And then what's left is his profit. And then he reinvests that. And it just shows the whole process. However, then right across the street from him opens up another hat shop, which is making better hats than he makes. So the woman, his business declines and people start going over there because this new hat place is, is on the ball. I mean, they're making better hats. Mm -hmm. So competition comes along and they've got better hats over there. And who wins is the customer because now the customer has options. Well, I can go to hat place one or hat place two, but he's got to get on his game and get better at what he's doing in order to compete with hat shop number two so it's one of the things that um you know makes our economic system of capitalism really work well is that the consumer wins in the end because in a, in a communist this is an, a conversation about communism but we're there and that's coming up i'll tell you about that in a minute in a commun communist society where or socialist society even i don't know specifically how the work is divvied up in socialism but we can talk to bernie sanders about that but in a communist society where there's uh, you have one job, you can't change jobs to make more money. You all make the same amount of money for whatever it is that you do. There's no incentive to get better at it. Uh, so why would I want to make the hat any better? Like, who cares? I don't care <laughs> that the hat gets any better or not. I'm going to get the same amount of money. I get no more satisfaction out of it. We don't need better hats in that society anyway because people aren't earning more to have more, to do more. You know, what you say, well, it's consumerism society and we consume so much and we have so much. And this isn't even about that conversation. It's just about the freedom to do what we want to do versus having to work in a factory or in any other format. Well, so that's And, what, and what I feel like about. even right now in 2020, what's kind of boomed, um, especially with like TikTok and everything is um, people having their own, you know, starting their own little company or supporting small businesses has become like very, you know. So and I think that's where a lot of people stylist wise end up in suites is because they get jaded um, by, you know, a potential corporation or um, the way they're treated or not making enough money. Um, so th it sounds appealing. Who wouldn't want to go? It's it's very trendy, you know. It's like the thing to do is to be able to make your own out. You know, you have your own schedule. You're in charge of everything. So that's where, as a salon group, um, what we do is we want to still provide that like love and care so that we are different than well a suite is not for everybody so everybody didn't get into this business to be their own business owner and and that's fine if they do then they go do that but that's not for everyone and what we're find, finding that's working and works really well is when you have a team of stylists working towards the same goal working together in an environment where they're nurturing each other they're growing each other um you end up with a better end result you end up with a better product in our environment that's not for everybody else suites if they do sweets yeah and, th and there's nothing wrong with any the way anybody whatever works for somebody 
works for you works for you um like he was saying earlier we just genuinely want to better our industry um and to continue to see women and men grow and the success rate has to change it, this industry it has to radically change the students that are coming out that are failing the number of them that are failing the number of salons that are failing is just way 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 too high so if you've commented on something from the past, thank you for taking the time to comment, yes, put, put feedback, or even if you just watched it, thanks for giving us um, and, and the community of the industry um, some insights. You know, so it was great. We had a lot of interaction, a lot of people that um, had some really great things to say. So thank you for participating in that, too. You, um, you mentioned something else, and I, this came up because uh, when I look at what happened to us in March, we had a tremendous march in Florida and in our salons. I mean, March was, you know, kind of over the top um, historically, if you were comparing it to the past and how uh, we almost came close to beating March of 2019 and the number of guests we saw still doing it, you know, the way by the guidelines, even though they have rescinded the mask mandates in, in Florida, but we still have the state, uh, the uh, Department of Professional Regulation and uh, our in within our industry. And we have a an older population of guests too that we're being cautious and careful about too. So within those same standards, we almost did more than we did in March of 2019. Right. 2018, we didn't, uh, sorry, 2020, we were closed for a week. So that's why we skipped we over can't that. Count that. But, but, and we had, we've had less stylists, uh, less support staff than we've ever had. Um, and, staggered schedules so it's just spaced out so a lot of things i think the the promenade actually the bonita location where we're recording right now had an increase 18 uh, percent up over any other month that they had ever done they had done the most they ever had what an incredible uh team now those that remain just because the whole salon if if bayfront didn't do more than 2019 and the village did close to what they did in 2019 um the individuals that were working had an increase and did saw more guests and did more than they've ever done in the past. So so everybody has grown tremendously. We also didn't lay anybody off throughout that whole process at all. Um, now a lot to make up for still because we were still twenty percent down from that whole time period and um, you know with the same expenses. Our expenses have not changed. So we've had the same, but we've had a decrease in sales and then we lost that five week period which I'm grateful that it was only five weeks because it was, you know, seven well, months in that's England. What, or no, that's what I was just telling him, how Ontario just continued their lockdown. Like, that's... People there are not happy right now. So we have openings. We have people, you know, for, for those of you around the world, you know, we have uh, opportunities for you in different places. Yes. So the other thing we, we've been experimenting with, and this is, this is like always evolving and always changing and always doing things new and differently. You know, we're in our 41st year of business but looking at new ways we can do things and, you know, a collaboration. You know, we talked a while back about having some of our friends from the Great White North come down and join us, uh, and that's happening or in process, what too. What do you call that? Del Delco? I'm learning. Delaware County, that's Delco, yeah. Okay. Yeah, Delco yeah. is from Delco, yeah. I'm a Naples girl. <laughs> You've never been there, have you? Mm, uh, when I was a baby. You were, yeah, you were you were a baby. Yeah, you probably don't remember it, though. I totally remember it. Do you? Yeah. Do you remember at AML's house? Uh, just from the video. Okay. I remember sitting. Just from the video? I remember from the video sitting on Anne Tracy's lap and Nana. Or maybe I was sitting on Going the, the airport uh, on yeah. the plane. Yeah. 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 
So a collaboration with our good friends from there. But we, we've also started another collaboration, which just had its first, uh, ended its two weeks this past weekend. And that is our friend from Chicago who's become a, a member of our family. Um, and he's doing it with a commute back to Chicago. So Pascal has fit in wonderfully with the team there. And the, the chemistry I has been extraordinary. You does, so does he fly back every... Yes. Oh, man. Yeah, it goes back. And, you know, w years ago we had um, Jerry that used to do that at the wow. village. He would go up to Michigan for two, one or two weeks, one week, I think, a month uh, to do his get clients up there and then come back here. And, and that's what Pascal will be doing. But one of the things that um, was really critical about that or, or us being able to have that happen. So this is like a collaboration, something new that we're trying out where, you know, we see what the chemistry is like bringing somebody in like that. And this was something that sort of got formulated from a conversation with Robin because she was had been working with him in other ways. And uh, we needed a strong cutter and had some experience. And we normally don't do that because it does mess with the blend of the chemistry. But this so far has been extraordinary, like really a great, great fit because he's got a lot of humility and, you know, we have such a generous and kind and loving team anyway, and they just sort of accepted him into their crew. And if he w had any arrogance or any over-ego, it wouldn't have worked. Oh so no, that's how the group works. Well, and it's kind of cute to see how everybody, they're kind of, um, they take care, you know, they're, Robin's like, okay, I got it, you know. Um, that And that's one of the great things about what we've been going through in this past year is that amazing people have been, just helping amazing ways that they never yeah people everybody's never been extraordinary before. our crew is just i mean the leanest most extraordinary best baddest incredible team ever like in in all aspects in each group and they're smaller than they've ever been but they're getting more accomplished with that small group you know one of the things that uh, in the book that i'm reading by uh, the founder lou lemon chip he said uh, one of his quotes was, "I only want to, I only want to go to work with people I love to work with. I only want to go to work with people I love to work with." So that is so, so, so important, especially in this. I mean, that's really the bottom line here because if you don't, they don't love. I mean, they're spending so much time here. You think about some of the people who've been here for the number of years that they've been here. Number of years, you know, thirty-seven years, Diana, maybe even more well, than I that, I like Diana. How you say. Uh, Diana's a long time. Almost 40. Yeah, Lisa, 36. Um, Edward, 25. Chris, 25. R uh, uh, Robin, 20. Uh, Christy, 14. Jade, uh, 11, 12. Brittany, 11, 12. Uh, Carissa, 7. You know, I go through the list. There's so, so, so many. Mackenzie is at f 5 now, I think, five. or f f 5 years now, just doing extraordinary. Aubrey, Four, maybe five, even. I know she, uh, Aubrey kind of grew up here. She was a, she was a, she would come to the salon and steal candy off the top of the. Uh -huh. <laughs> always wanted to be a stylist, and uh, she's like, uh, just, just, you know, got a beautiful comment about her and Robin, uh, and the team last week about the work that they're doing. They're just well putting out some beautiful stuff. This, the, the, our relationships together are longer than some marriages. My dad always. Says. Well, that's what's amazing to me. You know, look at Dil Dilma. How many years Dilma? How many years of you know the team over there? And it's extraordinary to think that you know they have to they have to you know to want to go there and be with these people day in and day out you've got to love you got to find some love there's got to be something drawing you there and uh many of our relationships together in this business with our crew have been together more than most marriages so that really it's it's really important like so having pascal be a part of the team and and how that relates they've just you know they've 
they know what they need in their little family within that group at Bayfront. They know what they need and they know what fits. And, you know, they're going to... Bayfront is one of our locations. If if they don't, if it doesn't mesh, they're going to say... And it's not going to happen. Yeah. We're not going to do it. It won't mesh. That's the thing. It'll yeah. be like no, no. It, it, oil why, would, why would we try to force that right. for the dollar? Right. Okay, we have the chair. Let's fill it with somebody, regardless of whether there's a relationship there or not. So that's so critical. And I just really have to hand it to our team, which has been extraordinary in all ways because the support that goes on, the, 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 the evolving nature of everything that we're doing and how we're doing it, you know, while sometimes looks like, why the hell? Why are they doing that? Why are we answering phones off site? Well, you know, never mind the fact that when somebody's in salon and with the guests and they're up front, I, I, I want, they came here. They need our full attention. They're here for us. They're here for our attention. Not while you're on the phones talking to three other people and can't give them your undivided attention. Well, and what I've noticed is, um, since we've started doing this, even if like it's always that one phone call that you're not planning to be a super, let's say you answer the phone in the salon and then they want to book their appointments for two years or something and you're on the phone for 15 minutes and now you have five people standing in front of you. Um, and this way I'm able to now focus on when somebody walks in the door to the moment they leave. Well, you're being present with them. You're giving them your you instead of you know, you've got to take care of somebody else. But that also that robs from both parties, the people on the phones well, right. and the right. people walking in the well, salon. That's so that's where the people at home, like Marina, Becca, Mickey sometimes, they, they are able to put their all their energy into loving on that person and I get to do it on the opposite end and, and, and vice and, versa. And they're reversing. You know, yeah. sometimes they'll be in the salon and they'll exactly. be doing it that way and somebody else will be back on the phone. But but in separating those two, because it's not it's not common uh, it's not always, but but it, one of those other areas that continually changing, and you know, maybe we've got work to do there. I'm sure we do too. And and how the phones get answered, and how quickly they get get answered, or you get responded to, and and we're working that out. But but at the same time, you know, to make we had to it was one of those gears we had to shift in the course of this, but could be a, a very beneficial to everyone involved uh, because of that, because we're always trying to um, serve our guests. What, get what can we do to serve our guests the best what can we give yeah, them the like best the two service? hat shops you know that two hat shops the one hat shop comes along and you know uh, i have to do it a little history about that over time because there's been competition that's come to town over time and that i remember the conversations that we would have over when the plaza opened up which the plaza is being knocked down now but many many years the ago plaza? the plaza is on third street it's, it was when we were at 13th avenue on third street when we were on above the old naples pub the second downtown salon the move after the move from the original the plot they were building the plaza which was a brand new uh shopping center down a bunch of square footage and there was another salon that was going to be going in over there and all the staff were talking about it there was like they're putting a new salon in there and mm-hmm. and they're gonna have tile floor <laughs> that might be marble floor mm-hmm. we better watch out it's they're gonna do this and they're gonna have chandeliers and they're gonna serve this and they're gonna have that and the conversation around oh my gosh which was actually a good thing because it, it forced people to get in their game. Like, yeah, because there was only there was there weren't as many salons. There weren't as many, it wasn't as fragmented. But forces that just like the two hat shops, you know, to get better, to always be better, to do more. Well, it's even like I remember when uh, Phoenix first went into Bayfront, um, and there was all that like, 
Oh my gosh! Can you believe we're like two? Do- we're like our our salon's literally like two doors down from Phoenix. There's two of them. There's another oh, one. Oh, I was like, yeah. <laughs> but that started a couple of years ago, and I remember everybody's like, "Oh my gosh, what are we gonna do?" And uh, now there's even another. It's called Bayfront Suites, which is like opposite of that. So there's two salon suite groups, and then us. But and that's where everybody's gonna have their own niche, whatever they are. Um, but we want to do whatever we can to be the best at what we do, like constantly grow and enhance and uh, just love people, you know. Well, you'll get to experience that. So, so if you haven't already, you've got to come in and see us. And our, um, you know, if you don't know, if you're just watching this, you don't know who we are, what our background is. You know, we've been doing this for 41 years. I haven't. She hasn't. I haven't. We, we've all grown up in it. We're a second and third generation family business. Um, so we, we, we breathe it. We love it. We live it. it it's in our, you know, and we, we have a lot a about it. I shampoo bowl. And my grandfather was a freaking bad, amazing stylist. Um, and my grandmother, his wife, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful woman, kind, loving. She was kind of like the backbone of love. Um, and then he was just—he just did amazing hair and had talent, um, and it just courses through our vein. You know, this is all—all all I know. It's what gives me purpose. It's what gives me life. I want to give that to other employees. That's my passion. I mean, that is really cool for me. Is my brother, um, who he's kind of always grown up and kind of been maybe like in my experience, maybe didn't want to be a part of the business. Um, just was like on the sidelines and now he's growing up and he recently um, has started working on little projects and here and there and what's so amazing for me is that's my brother like I love my brother and uh, now I get to build this amazing I get to share my passion with what I love with him and that's something that we can connect with it's great to have him back I I think he's always I mean I've always he's got he's the two of them are both very very different his brother and sister opposite opposites basically and and (laughs) how they are as humans (laughs) um and but they both have you know really unique attributes that would be very beneficial for everyone here and he worked here many years ago uh participated well i don't know if it was many on and off over the over time but he's done payroll he's done a lot of back of the house things that uh support which was necessary but always done it from a standpoint of Okay, like a chore, like taking out the trash. It was never a, oh. a, a passionate oh. desire because he, he wanted to be as far away from the business as he could be in life, <laughs> a, as I did too in my years back then. Um, and, you know, after getting a taste of the real world and working in other industries, which was great experience for him, uh, has a new appreciation, I think, for it and has a new hunger and a thirst and, you know, a desire. But, but the thing is, I can't just go hire him because he's my son. I said, well, one thing is I don't have it for you. You've got to create it. You've got to provide value to people so that, um, so that you can earn that position because there isn't just a, a position <laughs> that is, uh, we'll you know, have some title executive directors. Well, there's not the, b- there's not money for it. It's right. a small business. Right. Like we don't have a department or an admin right. or a inventory right. C or a chief inventory officer or a chief accounting officer, or a chief, uh, financial officer. We don't have that. So, Anyway, he's done a really good job of, 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 of finding where there are needs. And, 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 well, and, uh, and what I thinking. appreciate um, about it is 
I'm able to mentor him in what I know. Um, and it's just really cool. It's really awesome. He listens to my viewpoints and then he gets to add in where he could be beneficial. And what's really cool is stuff I'm not good at and makes me super uncomfortable. Um, like vendors and all that stuff. I get to go, okay, Robert, <laughs> you can do that. Yeah, well, you guys complement each other well. I and mean, there's areas that, yeah, really, if you're spending a lot of time in that and not great at that, well, don't be doing that because I, I, it's going to take you three times longer to mess with that than it will be him and vice versa the same yeah, way. So I it's good for you. Anxiety, you know, and is good yeah. for the two of you yeah it just works out great it's so really welcome cool. back robert yeah and okay so my grandfather's robert my dad's robert and now we got rd3 my brother robert glola the third yeah, pretty cool that's i think that's yeah. cool he's out there delivering products right now so he's earning that spot <laughs> um you know it's somebody that i uh don't doesn't get mentioned because you know, I, it's this stage that she's in right now. It's my sister, Tracy. So Tracy and I work together and uh, for many, many years the same way. You and your brother are working together. And, you know, um, she's doing great, by the way. And I'm just super happy and excited about you. where she is in her, this chapter of her life. And, um, you know, somebody who can, if you, Everybody knows who she is, and if you don't, um, you will at she, some point. She was, make you laugh she was the, the most amazing colorist, one of, in probably like all of four. She was just so detailed. I mean, she could. She is an amazing color. She's not her coloring here right now, and she's amazing colorist uh, all the way. But, the she way. Yeah. but she's just, I mean, I remember the detail and the art that she, she was just so talented. She still is so talented. But um, I, I remember growing up, and it's in an interesting dynamic um, with her growing up in the business as well because I remember growing up in, like, high school and stuff, and I would work here, and she would kind of teach me, like, all the stuff. Um, you know, I learned so much from her, how to talk to guests, how to be with people. Um, Thankfully, she's one of the three people that are watching this today, so I love you, sis. Love you, too. <laughs> Yeah, she'll be on here soon. I have audio of her anyway. I should put some of those clips in here about her old boyfriends back in Naples from Ooh. band members. I have some <laughs> great stories about that, too. She has the best sense of humor. So how are we doing? Um, what did you do to your hair today? Because Lexi usually comes here two hours before we start the podcast, too, and she does things. I'm not sure exactly what she's doing, but she spends a lot of time on it. What, what did you oh, do? This was uh, t typically, I'm a little... Um, typically I don't wash my hair at home. I like to wash it in the salon because I'm in the salon every day. Why shouldn't I have it washed in the salon? And I'm not necessarily blow dry during season if I'm lucky. Um, but I washed it at home today and it w just wasn't looking so cute. So, um, I just flat ironed it today. I just flat ironed it today. So, yeah. Okay. So you didn't, what, and what product you put in your hair? Uh, nourishing gloss and care remedy. Is that what you were cleaning up off the floor? Yes. The gloss? Yeah. <laughs> I squirted it and went, shoo. Okay. We just had the whole place clean. <laughs> and he's like busting his butt to get all this set up. And I'm like, okay, do I look pretty? How do I look? Yeah. Hair and makeup in the in the green room. She's in the green room. That's okay. You need, I mean, yeah, if I had stuff for you to do, I, I would have had you doing it. But um, when it's not your strength, I'm not going to put you in that area right <laughs> now. <so. laughs> he was having me set up help him set it up and he's like okay pull this up i was like dude I, it's not going i i don't know <laughs> it's okay 
All right, I don't know where we are right now because we have this beautiful background, so we could be anywhere we want. But the next uh, area that I wanted to tell you about because I think you should see it, and also my sister, whoever else watches it, because I'm not a like I don't watch a lot of TV, but sometimes we in post pandemic times we our date night becomes watching a show, and you know we watched. Um, some of the shows that you have recommended and, uh, you know, gone all the way through them. But Queen's, Ga- uh, Queen's Gambit, you saw it? Yeah. Probably, I mean, wow. I, I don't do reviews of any of that stuff, but, but mind-wise, mentally, like the, there's no action in it. There's no, not even a lot of romance. It's subtle romance. I think you it's not taught about chess. chess as a child too. Well, that's why I love it too because my mm, poppy taught me chess. Like one time, he always worked, work, 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 work. He was always so busy doing so many other things and I'll never forget the time he called me down. He said, son, get down here. I thought I was in trouble or going to have to go do a chore like wash his car or take the trash out or something. And he (laughs) said, I want to teach you chess. And it was a moment where he actually spent time with me um, to teach me chess and that was our thing. We would play chess together and not that I ever got good or um, Oh, you taught me chess. But I was happy to learn the game and, and, you know, love the theory of it and what what little I do know about it, but that's what the story was about. So I taught you chess too. Yeah, so you know how to yeah. play chess. Yeah, I'm gonna teach Michelle how to play. But that movie, uh, just I don't know, it was just brilliant because it was. I I love the fact that it was about chess, which is like bore. It's like a story right, about like golf, you know. Like, like, yeah, I know. When I first saw it on the, I was like, is this a really chess really? But it really is such an incredible brilliant. story. I was so brilliant. I mean, the struggles that you know humanity, human beings deal with, especially her in the in the genius level. But but also more than anything, the the eras that it takes you through the, that time period, the fifties and the sixties, and the and the looks, and the hair, and the style, and the smoking everywhere, which is mm, that you she's know, so a much woman. Uh, you know, when she walked in there to go there, breaking barriers down. Yeah. Yeah. And and the the Cold War with Russia and, you know, how Russia was so. Oh, yes. uh, Yes. And she went to Russia. Yes. uh, The Russians were the exceptional. They were the world champions forever and ever. Always. I don't know how much truth there is to the story. It's a story. So it's not really true. There might might be some about it that there might be some aspects of it that are true, but I don't know the whole details of it. But I don't remember her. It was always, I think, Bobby Fischer and. Um, the guy from Russia. Yeah, I looked it up. I don't think it. Was, I think. I think it was just a book. Great story, but great but movie, and amazing. just really the era that it covered. I thought was really awesome. And, and and Russia again, back to communism. So so to see that what the Cold War was like and what the the, the way the two countries existed was really. I love this historical time period. So check it out. Also, I'm going to be talking to a couple of our own people in our own family who were raised in uh, communist countries, um, Dilma and Marina. Marina in Russia and uh, Dilma in Cuba. And, uh, you know, they have a first world, firsthand experience of what life is like in, uh, in a communist society versus where they are now. Um, and, you know, we have, we have people from a lot of different countries, too. Colombia, um, Bolivia, um, oh, yeah. Puerto Rico, our country, but still Puerto Rico. But a, a lot of different areas of the world. But two in particular communists, because I want to... I always find that fascinating because they don't teach a lot about that and people don't really have yes. a well, a big knowledge of um, the difference between communism and capitalism and the U.S. and, you know, what, what those things are because communism looks like utopia, you know, and, and I'm also, um, what's the guy's name? I, I don't even remember the guy's name. So Jordan, uh, the, the book Crime and Punishment, which is Jordan Peterson had talked about reading it. They talked about, um, talked about it in the movie too. 
it's it's a he's a Russian author. Crime and Punishment is talking about the suffering of if you gave. I I I I don't know enough about this to really talk about it intellectually, but I've I've just started to scratch the surface of it. But you have to check it out. I haven't read the book yet, but people say it's the greatest book ever to read. Doesn't that sound like so? Um, it's a very long novel, but it's some this writer who wrote the book, and I can't even say his name. I'll put it up there. Uh, he. <laughs> Uh, was because of his views in Russia in the 1800s, he was sent to the death camp to be executed. And he got to stay three minutes before he was about to get shot. He got a stay of execution. They pulled the hood off of him and he was instead sentenced to four years of hard labor in Siberia. Um, I didn't know that. But his book is um, is just about the suffering of man. If you give him, um, I think all of his books have some underlying current of this if you give people everything if they have everything if they're fed in every way if they're fat and happy and have the things that they're satiated with food he uses these really descriptive words that um what would there be would that be it if you had the perfect utopia because communism is supposed to be kind of uh that basis of that give everybody what they need don't create a hierarchy so there's uh, a yearning to be better. Desired. Like what, what would be the point? Well, I can, that's where this is all going. So I'm going to learn more about it. But it's a super interesting um, view of this where from a man who was almost executed in Russia as, the, as, the, as all this was coming about, this communist movement. So this is about um, a, a history channel. It is it's some history because I want to learn like firsthand history from Marina and from from Dylan, because I think it'll be really interesting. Uh, it's always been interesting. I've always been fascinated to talk to both of them about you know what things were like back then and there, but to also talk about it here too. I, I know you're interested. In, I love history, and you know I, I love our you know Poppy always, my father always, uh, you know was so um, uh, had that desire always to want to. Um, he he knew he could have whatever he wanted if he was willing to work for it, and that was, our country was the foundation of that he was able to you know not um, have to be. Um, work in the factory or work in the naval yard or work for a, a big corporation that right. you did your did nine to five and you did your time and he did something you know, that he was passionate about pioneer about what he loved he did what he loved and was able to do it in, in an area that he loved he was, in Florida. he was still mm -hmm. passionate about um the moral and purpose of us being who we are in the united states even after he retired i mean i would go to his house for lunch every week and we would just talk that's all we would talk about is history and um it's it just is fascinating and i like to think that i uh i want to take in as much as that from him as i can Legend, of course. Legend. All right, so we, we at least got back on the air. We got uh, some things going again. Um, we are, we'll do a Hi. little bit more each weekend. And, and we're back um, on the uh, challenge again. So uh, thank you for tuning in. If if you're still here and you made it to whatever part you're at right now, thank you. You will want to subscribe. And I don't know which way that's going to be. If you're watching this on Facebook, well, you know how to do that. You like the page. If you're watching it on YouTube, uh, you know how to subscribe there. And uh, you put a thumb up or a thumb down either one just so that we know somebody watched it you saw this thanks for taking the time to do that thank you we appreciate the feedback we appreciate what the wonderful your time here okay have an awesome week love you guys see ya